Thursday, Friday. It's Erev Tisha B'Av. It's, it's Erev Tisha B'Av, Kipshute, yeah? Today is Ches Menachem, Shabbos is Tisha B'Av. And um, as you know, the um, Nun Aleph, 28 years ago, 1991, was the same Kriyas. Tisha B'Av was on Sunday, it was on Shabbos. So obviously we didn't fast Shabbos, we fasted Sunday. And during that summer, during that summer, the Rebbe spoke very emphatically, and I think it also came out in the Kutusichas, about the idea that Kivid Itche Itche, right? There's a Gemara, the Masech Tatainis, that says, What do you do when a fast day falls on Shabbos? So Rebbe says, Kivid Itche Yedoch It's based on a story with the Rebbe Maharaj. Once it was pushed away, it should be pushed away completely. Now you don't paskin like Rebbe, you paskin like the Chachomim, which means you do fast. But it doesn't mean that Das Rebbe isn't there, it just means that you don't do it. But the idea that once a fast was pushed, it should be pushed away completely, remains. And the Rebbe explained it, the Rebbe explained the idea, because every fast has the negative aspect, which means this connection to the past, the Avelos, and the Tshuva, even the Tshuva. And then, of course, it has the positive aspect when Mashiach comes, the Yemei Tsoim become Yemei Rotz, they become days of, uh, of celebration and Simcha and Tshuva, Mitach Simcha. All the fast days are going to become one day. The Chazal say when Mashiach comes, Kol in the Betelem, all the other holidays become nullified, become inconsequential in the light of Mashiach. And the fast days are etched, first become fast because you start to see the love of HaKadosh Baruch the Yidin, which is maximum on a fast day. So when you have a fast day on a Shabbos, and of course since this world belongs to Hashem, La Hashem there can't be any contradictions in the Abishtha's world. So the wires are not crossed, you know, fasting says fast, Shabbos says don't fast, and they crashed into each other. It's because the two converge precisely. The Abishtha is saying this year, the way you commemorate Tisha B'Yav is by not fasting, Faket, you eat, and we're makvid, you know, eat on Shabbos more. Shabbos Tisha B'Av, eat more than normal. If you don't eat that much meat, you know, <laughs> I eat chicken on Shabbos. Shabbos for Tisha B'Av, we eat flesh, dafke, to bring out the point that there's no Avelos for Shabbos, even though in Shulchan Aruch they speak about Avelos on Shabbos. But Chassidim are very particular to say that there's no Avelos on Shabbos whatsoever, especially and also when Shabbos itself is Tisha B'Av. So the, the Rebbe spoke about this in, in Tavshin Chav 1964. Shivas uh, Shabbos was Shabbos, and it was the first time the Rebbe Fabreng on such an occasion. And the Rebbe was the Simcha Rabbah. They say, I mean, I heard Label Shapiro describe it, and Rabbi Yisus Mikuitz, the different people who are telling recollections of their years by the Rebbe are telling the story. And they all talk about this Shabbos as being the Fabreng. went till 7 o'clock. It started at 1.30, and went till 7 o'clock the whole day. And the Rebbe was the Simcha Rabbah on Shabbos, then it was Shivas Betamas, it wasn't Tishabot. When he told this story from the Rebbe Maharash and he made from it a big tzimus. So the Ebi should help him be a Now Friday I teach Maimir, and like I always say, I would teach Maimir every day if I could. But on uh, Friday you can't complain, it's officially Maimir. This is a, a little bit deeper than what we do other days of the week. Now, um, we're learning, our schedule, our limud, as they were learned in my modern from Tovshin Lamites from 1979. Allah said it, right? For those who know, we learned every Maimir of the Rebbe going back 
Nun Aleph, Mem Tes, Mem Ches, Mem Zayin, Mem Vav, Mem Hei, Mem Dal, Mem Gim, Mem Beis, Mem Aleph, Mem. I love to say those. <laughs> Every single line of the Rebbe, for the last 10 years of the Rebbe, the Sias we learned in here, in Beis Medesh and Nasha. This is our 10th year that we're doing it, Tafshan Lama Tes, our 10th year. And in 1979, Tafshan Lama Tes, they were 39 by <coughs> So there's a break. We already did Dvarim, we did see Begish Patipale. The next Maimeh from this year, from our year, is Shabbos Mavarachim Elo. So we have extra weeks. So last week we did a Maimeh from Bukhu Kaysai, Tavshin Yeralaf, the first year that I was in the CS. And this is the Maimeh of Shuiz, of Tavshin Yeralaf of 1951. And we're learning the Maimeh because since we don't have the regular Limud, so we're doing something extra, and I chose this Maimeh. It's a nice Maimeh. It's really Gishmaka Maimeh. And I'm going to tell you the Nikud of the Maimon. Okay, I'm going to tell you the Nikud of the Maimon. I, I think it's a very nice Nikud. The Abish that gave us the Torah. Hashem gave us the Torah. And Hashem gave us the Torah on many levels. There's a level of Torah which He cannot give. We have to take it. And if we don't take it, we cannot have it. And that's this moment. I'm going to say this one more time, okay? Because it's such a profound idea. It's such a radical idea. What the Rebbe is going to teach us in this moment is as follows. The Abish gave us the Torah. When the Abish gave us the Torah, he gave us everything. His Chochma and his Tainug and his Ratzin and everything, yeah? There is a Kvayochol and Madrega of Torah which you cannot give. This we have to take. And if we don't take it, we don't have it. And the madrego of the Torah, which Hashem Koyochel can't give us, that we have to take, is the highest madrego mamish. Is the madrego of Torah, which is woman atzmos and host. And that's how this maimer goes. Okay, this is a classic maimer, and the word classic is so overused it's been totally corrupted. It goes on a classic sugi. There's a pasuk which speaks about Torah having five madregas. If you want to see the Pasuk, the Pasuk is on the bottom of page Tzadik Dalet, the last paragraph. I underlined all five. There's five levels of Torah. What the Rebbe is going to say is that the lower four he gave us. He gave us he gave us Shashuim Yoim Yoim. He gave us Mesachakas Lafon of Echaleis. He gave us Mesachakas Batevel Atze. And he even gave us the Shashuim Yoim But the Eya Atzlai Omun, you can't give. We gotta take. Now that's weird. You can, of course, you can never say by the Abish that he can. But the way he set up the creation, he didn't provide that for us. We take that. And the, the way it works is the lowest level of Torah, which is Vashan Shui, has been a Yadam. It's what gets us the highest Madrega of Torah, the Ayat Slayom. Hashem gave us four levels. We do down here. The Vashashui has been a Yadam is the Afsharias, is the Kli, is the Akshara that we should take the Ayat Slayom, which Koyachal Hashem doesn't give us. That's this mind, okay? So start from the beginning. I'm sorry. Amun means clay umnus. The tool which the Abish uses for creation. What is the idea of Eye Etzlayom? 
that the clay omnos is one with him, is one with the Eibishter. Okay? Now, what, the way the Maimah starts, this is a Maimah from the Rebbe, based on the Maimah from the Friedrich Rebbe, it starts with a Paim Shalom Tamakadon He doesn't get the Ve'eri Yatzlayamur till Gimel. In other words, <laughs> when I was thinking about how to teach it, I was thinking to start here. When I got to the end of the Maimah and I understood, I think I understood. What's the point of the Maimah? I said, I'm going to teach it in order. The Friedrich Rebbe's Maimah from 1944, Tavshendal, begins at Paim Shalom Tamakadon The Rebbe, first introduces us to what the Friedrich Rebbe has to say and the Friedrich Rebbe's question and then he goes back to talk about the five levels of Torah and then he answers the Apayim Shonot I'm just going to tell you the code Apayim Shonot is the second level Apayim Shonot is what it says okay so Apayim Shonot is the second to the highest of the five levels of Torah and the way the Maimon is going to go is why do we only talk about the second level of Torah and not the first level of Torah? And the answer is because the first level of Torah, Koyachal Hashem doesn't give. You have to take it. You follow? That's going to be the, the structure and the design of the Maimah. The Maimah begins with Apayim Shadma Kometer Le'elam. And the Raya is from the Eye Shashuim Yoim Yoim. And the Felix Shabbat digresses. He starts talking about time. He gets fancy for a few minutes. But when he gets down to it, his question is. Why does the Chazal focus on the second Madriga of Teda and not on the highest Madriga of Teda? And now for the fourth time, the answer is going to be because the highest Madriga of Teda Gabish doesn't give us. We take it. Alpayim Shavna Kodma Teda El Two thousand years, the Teda precedes the creation of the world. Shenema is written in the Pasuk, Ve'eye Etzle Amun, Ve'eye Shashun Yoyim Yoyim. Now the words Ve'eye Etzle Amun are not the proof. The is the proof that a day by day is thousand years. So two days is two thousand years. has several questions. The first question is here. The second question is on page Tzadik Gimel, and the third question is going to be on page Tzadik Dalit. Okay, we have one question. The right. We must understand What does it mean that the Torah is 2,000 years before the world? The phenomenon of time is a creation that's new. Which was created. In a way of from non-existence into existence. When the Abish created the world to make like the whole creation. So the Rebbe says, how could there be time before time? Right? We hold, the Al-Tarebbe holds, the name of the Magi, the whole long story, that Zman is a Nibra, right? The Bamitra Maimon, for the mothers who had to test their children, you know, the boys. Zman, you welcome, Zan and remember that? Time and space, your children had no attention, but you were listening to repeat the same mistakes over there. Zman, you welcome, Zan and Bekhadashim, time and space were both created. There's a, there's a famous Hasidic Sherebbe who disagreed with the Al-Tarebbe about this, it's not for now. But the Al-Tarebbe held that the Mitzvah Magi told him that Hashem created time and space, and there was a point. But there was no time and space. No. So before the world, there was time and space. What does it mean 2,000 years? It's a simple question. How could there be time before time? So the Rebbe says, Now the Rebbe explains the question. He breaks the question down into three levels. Okay, and I circle, you have three little indicators on this page and the next page. I circle three little notes where I explain how the Rebbe goes through this question in three madrigas. This is a very old question. How could you say that before time there was time, before the Abish created the world, 
the Tere preceded it by 2,000 years if there was no Zman. How could you have time before time? So there's three levels of understanding the question, okay? And we go from the lowest level to the highest level. The first level is there were no clocks. If there were no clocks, how can you measure time? The second level is there was no change. If there's no change, there is no time. And the third level is, there was no time. There was no time. The Rebbe breaks it up into three steps. From the lowest level to the highest level. And when people ask a question, how could there be time before creation? There was no time. What does that mean? The first, the lowest meaning of it is, how can you have time if you have no clocks? The higher level, how can you have no time? There is no change. And the highest level, how can you have no time? There is no time. The Rebbe Pasha articulates the Freyadik and Rebbe's question. Look what he does. Hare. The measure of time has to do with the sun and the moon and the stars. Like it says, the, the, the sun and the moon and the stars provide signs and holidays and days and years. When came, the question becomes, How could you have 2,000 years? If there's no clocks, there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars, how do you measure time? That's a simple way of understanding the question. Now, if that would be the question, we have a tenets. If the question is, how could you have time before these clocks? The tenets is simple. That there was no clocks. But if there had been clocks, this is how much time would have passed. The meaning of 2,000 years is that the way we now measure time, based on the fact that we have clocks, if you could imagine that there would have been the clocks, the luminaries, before creation, that measure time, if the first way of understanding the question is very superficial, it's a very superficial question. How could they this 2,000 years of time? There's no clocks. And then there's no clocks. But if there had been clocks, it would have been 2,000 years that passed. That's the first understanding of the question and the first refutation of the question. So the Rebbe says, there's a deeper question. And the deeper question is that there's no, that there's no clocks, but there's no change. The fundamental definition of the word time is change. And there's two types of change. There's change in physics, which is called entropy. Everything goes from order to disorder, to have sadas. And there's change in ruchnias, where you go from worse to better. But time does not allow you to stand still. Thing has to change. Easy to get worse or to get better. So the second question is, We're not talking about clocks. We're talking about time. Why? The count of time is changed over the head of us in past, present, and future. The more time that passes, the more things change. It's a fact. Things change over time. So the Rebbe says, You can only have change. Hashem isn't changing. This bench changes. Yeah? If someone would walk out of 770 and leave this bench here, and nobody would walk into this building for a thousand years, you came back in a thousand years, the bench wouldn't be here. The wood would be totally gone. The iron would have become oxidized, and it would turn into rust, and then the rust would have fallen to pieces, and there would become particles, and the wind would have carried it away. You wouldn't see a bench without anybody breaking it. Because everything that exists physically breaks down. But you have to exist. 
Before the Abishad created the world, there was nothing to break down, there was nothing to change. Four lines in the bottom of the page. Before Hashem made the world, there's no world. There's no changes. So the Rebbe is asking deeper. He's not asking, how could there be time there were no clocks? <laughs> how could there be time it had no meaning? Nothing changed over the course of this time. And then the Rebbe explains his question. The language of the Rebbe here is very hard for me to understand. Okay, Maho Inyan Azman Dalpaim Shana, how do you have two thousand years of time? Nothing changes over the course of those two thousand years. Fine. Heder Ashinuyim, the lack of change, who inyan which means things are constant, but they don't change at all. Seems to be above time. So the Rebbe, wait, listen. Even if it's Ba'ifinch Ima Yesa Bigidri Azman, even the way to the levels of time. It doesn't get weaker over time. which teaches us turn the page. Over time it doesn't change to get worse. doesn't get better. What is the meaning of the time? What does it mean 2,000 years passed if nothing changed, nothing happened? The first question is, how do you measure the time? The second question is, what value does the time have if nothing is changing? And this also has a tendency. The second tenet is, True, it's not changing. There is time. Even though nothing is changing, but it's on the level where things could change. In relationship to other things, where change does happen, there is time. Compared to other things, so 2,000 years before creation, Hashem created the table. What happened in 2,000 years? Nothing. So why do you call 2,000 years? The answer is because the next 2,000 years, there was a world. And in those 2,000 years, a lot of things would change. The 2,000 years before, where nothing changed, was in the same level of time. There was nothing to have changed, but time existed that had there been things to change, they would have changed. This is the second and tenets. In other words, the Rebbe is doing, and this I don't think the Fiyadi Kevin does, he's breaking up the kasha into stages. The first question is, how can you have time? There are no clocks, and he answers it. The second was, how can I say there are, there's, no, there's time, there's no change, but now the Rebbe gets to the real question. Roman numeral three, the question is even deeper. Time is a creation. Once it didn't exist, and now it exists. Just a space was created, and before Hashem created space, there was no such thing. Time didn't exist either. And that's the question. This is the real question. In other words, the first two were Fernandez Brecklin, opening up the question. But this is the real question. The question is not how could you have time there were no clocks, how could you have time there was no change. The question is how could you have time God created it? And He created it on the Sunday, Genesis, Bereshis. How do you have time before time? So, and the answers, The meaning of 2,000 years doesn't mean time. It means level. Level. That the precedence of Torah before the world is 2,000 years. 2,000. 
But it translates the word Allah from not as number thousand, but from the word limud. Aleph means to learn. Alefcha chachma, you learn chachma. Alefcha bina, you learn bina. So Apayim Shana means that the Torah comes two levels higher than the world. Which two levels? Bina and chachma. Why? Because the world comes from me. And again, you all know this. Every mother who tested her boys in the Bamitzvah Maimit knows this. All right? This is in the Bamitzvah Maimit. When the Abish created the world, created Midas Aches. And it says in the Maimed that there's two meanings of the word Elm Chasid Yibona. One is that Hashem created the world with the Midas. And the other one is that in order to create the world, you have to first create the Midas. Right? It doesn't say Bisheshes. It says Sheshes. Because the Abish created the six Midas. So the Midas of Shachas Elmas. Tayyus Chachman and And that's the final answer. That's the final answer. The final answer is that when it says in the Gemara, the Medrash, that the world is 2,000 years before creation doesn't mean time. It means levels. The worlds begin with the Midas of Alakus, Kvayoch. Chochma and Bina are higher than the worlds, and Teda comes from Chochma and Bina. Rabbi Isai, this is the opening of the Maimon. This is the Shalom Aleichem to the Maimon. Okay, that's all this is, an introduction. The Friedrich Rebbe begins with a Medrash, which is linked to a Pasuk, Shashun Yoim Yoim, Two days, which means 2,000 years. And we now determine, after doing a little bit of a hula hoop, the following, that when you say that the world is 2,000 years before creation, it doesn't mean time at all. At all, at all, at all, at all. Not clacks and not changes and not time. It means level. Torah is two levels higher than the world. The world decides with the six midays. Torah is Chochma The last thing that you said, 2,000 years. That 2,000 years doesn't mean time at all. It means madreis. The world begins with the midas. Teira is chokhmah and binu. So the Felix Rebbe quotes a medrash and a pasuk, and he, after a whole spiel, gives you his final answer. The final answer is that this, the idea that the Teira is 2,000 years before the world means two madreis before the world. The world begins with chesed, Teira begins with chokhmah. Okay? Good? Now, after the introduction, we get to the Maimon itself, which is Pedic Base, page Sadiq Gimel number two. Same sheet, it's the other side of the page. I have a cash. It's a Gavaldic cash. And this is really where the Maimon begins. In other words, what we just read is the preliminary. Now the Maimon starts. Why would the Medrash celebrate the Torah on the level of Chachmobina? There's a level higher than Chachmobina. Chachmobina is only the second madrega of Teda. Shashuim yem yem. Why doesn't the Medrash say that the world is a chvayis for 10,000 years? Whatever would be higher than Chachmobina, because there's a fifth madrega of Teda. Why does the Medrash speak about the fourth and not the fifth? That's the Rebbe's kashe. Om no madai zochav, memaimed azal, when it says in the Medrash, apayim shana kolba Teda liyelam, lomba choshev maylas ha Teda, why does the Medrash choose to speak about what's special about the Teda? Kifishihi, Shashuim, Yoim Yoim, as the Abish just plaything, Yoim Yoim, two days, skip the parenthesis, Veloi Kifishihi, Bedarga, Nihilus, Yoisin, there's even a higher level of Teda. What's the higher level of Teda? Shalzanam, Lifteizev, Eyetzlidom. Higher than the Teda being the Abish just plaything for Yoim Yoim for two days is the Abish just Amun, Abish just tool of creation, and the Rabbi explains, Zihine. This passage goes in an order 
from the highest level to the lowest level. The first level of Teda is the Ebish to have the Teda Hashem's toy for creation. The Koyal Teda, Kvishibat's new say. Teda has a woman of Kaddish then it says, it's a toy for the English to play with for two days. It's a reference to the Teda. How it comes down to the level of Chachmobin. Then you have a third Madrega. And then you have a fourth Madrega. And then you have a fifth Madrega. It's a toy for people to play with. The Koyala Teira, Kfishi Yodalama, which is a reference to Teira as it's in this world. The Nimsas and Rebbe argues, Hamayla Hayesa Nailas Beteira He. The highest thing you can say about the Teira is the Eya Etzli Oven. Now, I don't know how many years is the Eya Etzli Oven. If Shashuam Yayim is 2000, the Etzli Oven, I don't know what the number is. But why doesn't the Medish focus on that? Umawata. What is the reason? Shabbat Maimed Azal said that in the Medish, when it wants to tell you how extraordinary the Teda is vis a vis the world, it explains the level of the Teda, Dafka, in the second level, Shashuim Yei Yei, and not the first level of the It's a good Takashin. Now, the reason it's a good Takashin because you know the Tedits. After you know the Tedits, say, ah, the Fidik Rebbe takes a Medish which seems so benign, so innocuous, so harmless, and says, this Medish has got a problem. The Medish chooses to speak about the second level and not the first level. Why? Now in the next paragraph, which we're going to skip, the Rebbe says that maybe the reason he skips it is because the Ayat Salman is lower than Shashur Miyayat. Why? Omun means the tool that Hashem used to create the world. Shashur Miyayat means the Tehidah Zahibish has it for himself. So you could say that Omun is lower. And the Rebbe brings to several Rayas, including the idea of Yesh Miyayat, and say that that's not true. That means no. The Ayat Salman for sure is the highest level, and the Ayat Esle Shashur of Yayim is only the second Madrege. So, as they say in Yeshivish, the question remains if the Medrash is trying to tell us how great the Teya is, why does it only tell us the second mile of the Teya and not the first mile? Okay? Turn to page Sadiq Dal. Here's the next question. Now, Rabbi said, this next question <laughs> is the answer to the one before. Right? How does a Jew answer a question? With a question. Listen to this question. What's the next question? Anybody speak Hebrew? And I will be. Now, the Rebbe gets into a little bit of grammar. That Ehaya means I will be. The adding the Vav turns the Osed into an Ova. I was. But the Rebbe doesn't like it and he brings Rayas. So the Rebbe says, This idea in interpreting that even a Paim Shad was said, skip the parenthesis, Bisman Hameroim, in time to the Gemara, Oyel Kapon, Bisman Matan Teda, when the Teda was given. So why does it say, I will be? The Imkain, fourth line, have a Leila Mena Beloshan Ovat, Hayisi, I was. When Hashem created the world, when did he do that? The first day of creation, Sunday, 5,779 years ago, on Chavay Biyalo. So it shouldn't say, eh, yeah, I will, but it should say, well, you say I was. Now, Vidi Api Diktok, never goes into this grammar. So, Pirish, who, that the letter Vav at the beginning of a word, 
which means future tense, by adding the vav in the beginning, it turns future into past. Ehyeh means I will be. Ve'ehyeh means I was. But the Zaya says that over here, Ve'ehyeh means I will reveal in the future. So the Rebbe says, even though diktuk wise, you could say that the Ve'ehyeh is a denotation for the future, but in the Zayat, it clearly says that it's in the past. So the Rebbe asks again, If Hashem created the world 5,779 years ago using the Tehra, why does it say I will be? Okay, it shouldn't say I was. Now we know the answer to this question. <laughs> What's the answer? It was, but it's not revealed. When is it going to be revealed in the world? The Madrega of Tehra, which is called Amun. And again, I'm repeating myself, when we take it. So take thousands of years ago, the Abish used the Torah to create the world. But Hashem says, I will be. Until the Yidin take it and reveal it in the world, it's not here yet. Okay? So that's how this mimer goes. The third question is the answer to the second question. The second question was, why does the Medrash focus on the second level of Torah, not the first level of Torah? And the answer is, because the first level of Torah is not yet. Well, yeah, it's going to be in the future. Now, if you wanted to ask me a question which I couldn't answer, you would ask me this question. It says twice, it's like, but the second level, it also says, so this I don't know how to resolve. Um, perhaps the second is Lashen Ovet. But the Medrash, B'cholef, speaks about the second Madrega of Torah. The Rebbe wants to know why we skipped the first Madrega of Torah. And the answer is the first Madrega of Torah we don't get to the Yosef Lovet. And the last lines of the Maimon, the Rebbe's going to say, the very last lines of the Maimon, Whatever we're going to get, we got already. So in theory, we got this highest Madrega. But in reality, we don't get it till Mashiach. And that's why it says, And that's why the Medrash speaks only about the second level of Teda. Not the first level of Teda, because the first level of Teda has yet to happen. It's going to happen when Mashiach comes. Questions or comments? The second level happened. Yeah, the second level, they wish to gave. The first level of Amun, we have to take. Okay? See, correlation is always simplification, right? You've been around. <laughs> You'll never get away with saying this is like this. Every time I will say, excuse me. This Maimit is the whole Torah right now. L'chayda, you're right. L'chayda, you're right. But we don't like to prematurely correlate. Correlation is always it's a fact. When you compare two things to each other, you make them less. If they'd be the same, they wouldn't be said twice. Okay, I'm sorry, but this is a regular beating. Anytime you make that correlation, you get the same. You're familiar with this. Now here the beer begins. And in a real way, you could have started from here. When I was teaching, preparing this this morning, I said, I'm going to start from here. But then as my preparation went on and I realized what they're doing, I said, no. We're going to go in order. But the mind of the beer begins here. We have to preface first. There's five ideas which are listed in this puzzle about the table. I will be by you, by the Eibishten. A tool for creation. I'm going to be a pleasure for the Eibishten a day and a day. Then it says, Now the word could mean playing. But we're going to translate the word Mesachekes as laughing. Because the difference what? between laughing 
The difference between pleasure and laughter is one is deep and inward, the other is out, pronounced and outward. So shashuyim is deep. And misachekas means that because of the table they wish to laugh, to give. Misachekas, it's laughing before him at all moments. And then it says misachekas again, laughter. But the second time the laughter is betebel, I'd say, on the terra firma of the earth. And then it finishes vishashui as b'neyadu. But when the tater reaches people, it becomes Amish's pleasure again. So the fourth, fifth one says shashuim, and the second one says shashuim, and the two in between taste schoik. Now tainuk is deeper than schoik. Pleasure is deeper and quieter than laughter. And dafka, the lowest level, goes back to the second to the highest level. But you're going to find out that it doesn't only go back to the second highest level, it actually goes to the one that's the Chalmat hours, the Ve'eye Etzlik Omer. And Hasidus explains. And in footnote 26, he brings a bunch of Maimorim which discuss this. And one of them we learned already. I underline Tafshin Mem Gimel in 1983. The Rebbe Kvayachu repeated this Maimir again. The Rebbe said this in 1951. And the Kalgad Reiser, 30 some years later, the Rebbe again on a Shuas. This is a Shuas Maimir. He said again, Bekitzit, this same Maimir. With the same inyanim, same five madrejas. I didn't look it up this morning, but I, I know that these two my mother are related. The mashakos, and never goes through each one. He's going to talk about each one separately, okay? And if you look on your margin, you see I circled. On the next page, you have mezachekas betevel adzei, and on page tzadik at the top, you have the last two. I wrote on the margin where each of the five are explained. You follow? Because I'm going to I'm going to give you directions on that basis. Three lines from the bottom page, Sadiq Dalit, it's a reference to the Tehra, by the Ebishter himself. Exploit. Now, I don't know what number you would attach to that, but it wouldn't be 2,000. The Ebishter has the tool of creation, one with him. Then it says, level number two, the pleasure of the Tehra associated with time, day and day. It's a reference to the Torah. As it comes down to levels of intellect, which is Chochmah and Bina. So Chochmah and Bina, this is the same with which this Maimah began. Those same two, two, two levels, 2,000 years, is now Chochmah and Bina. And the Rebbe, of course, says, That's the concept of Seich. And when it comes to the level of the Torah, the way it descends, to the levels of intellect, of wisdom and understanding, it says pleasure. It doesn't say my pleasure. It says shashuim stop. Delightful, pleasure, second line for the top. What is the shashua? Shashua? You don't know in Hebrew. Shashua means a toy. That's what it means. The modern word for toy is shashua. Shashua means tainu, delight, pleasure. Right. Even though the Torah has come down to the level of Chochmah and Bina, which means intellect, learning and understanding, nevertheless, when you learn Torah on the level of Chochmah and Bina, you don't only understand it, you experience the delight, the ain't safe of Torah. Then you do what the gets well known, what says in Chesidus. In the Loshen Chazal, when it says in the Zayah, Torah comes from Chochmah, there's a special deal. Nafkis Dafka, Teda is revealed from Chochmah. Chochmah reveals the Teda. Avushar the real source of the Teda is Lamailami Chochmah. 
higher than Chachma Bepinas HaTaina. The real source of Taylor is Hashem's Taina. It's communicated to us through Chachma and Bina. And therefore, even when you have Chachma on a level, a Taylor, a level, Chachma and Bina, you say pleasure. And now the Rebbe does a little mysticism here. He brings proofs that Bina is connected to Tainuk. And he brings proofs that Chachma is connected to Tainuk. But they're very, very different. You know when Bina is connected to Tainuk? When you finish understanding something completely, you have pleasure. You know when Chachma is a Tainuk? When you initially have the flash. You delight in the flash. And he brings a source for each one. Okay, six lines into the page. He speaks about the Bina. The revelation of pleasure is in Bina, like it says, What this means is when you learn something and you first didn't understand it, and then you analyze it, you struggled, and you figured it out, and you got it. But you didn't stop and get it. You got it in such a way where you have the aha, you have the nakud, you have the punch. It's delightful. So Tainug in Bina is after. But Tainug is also in Chachma. V'oyzois, two lines later. Now I'm eight lines from the top. Shetchilas giliyat tainuk. The beginning of the revelation of pleasure. Moreover, etzam atainuk. Pleasure on a level which is called etzim. Is the pinas hachochni. But this is not at the end of the knowledge. This is at the beginning, the flash. Shezel, which says in the Yerushalmi, Tzavu ponof shabavoh. The face of Avrohu radiated. Kishemotzat eiseftach halatei from the new halacha. And when Abavo found the new halacha, he was so happy, his face radiated. That radiance is called pleasure. And when do you have it? At the initial sparking of the idea. So Bina is connected to pleasure, and Chochmah is connected to pleasure, but in different ways. Bina is connected to pleasure in what's called his galus, at the end of the understanding. And Chochmah is connected to pleasure in what's called Tzihivus. The very beginning of the Chochmah gives you pleasure. Okay, but, but the Rebbe says, don't worry about that. Bottom line is, both Bina and Chochma are connected to the idea of pleasure. And that's why the Pasuk says, Shashuim Yoyim Yoyim, that the delight, the pleasure of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yoyim Yoyim for these two days. What do these two days mean? The pleasure of the spark of an idea in Chochma and the pleasure of understanding the idea thoroughly in Bina. And that pleasure is experiencing what's higher than the Chochma of Teira, higher than the Bina of Teira in the Teira itself. That's the second level. Number three, you see where it says on your margin? You see where I'm reading now? Yeah, near the bottom of page. The Pasuk then continues. That in every moment, the title is Mesachekes. Okay, and I'm going to translate the word Mesachekes and the word laughter. The Rebbe does the same thing. I didn't make it up, okay? This is the next level of title. So if 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 yoyim yoyim is chachma and bina, then b'chol eis means the midays. Shezel b'chol eis time has to do with the midays. B'chol zman b'chol has to do with the midays. Shu b'chinas b'chol eis belishinuin. Now it says I'm seven lines from the bottom of the page. Misachekes lefonov that the total level of midays is laughing. The hine inyan eschayik who hiskalos atayim laughter. Is when a person is so happy inside, it plots on the outside, that's laughter. And the Rebbe brings the Gemara, Bezel Shabazal says in the Gemara, also la other lamal piftchaik bel mazet. In this world, you're not allowed to laugh, because the person laughs in this life, you say, Mistama laughing about something fully. But when Mashiach comes, there's going to be oz yimolitchaik pinim. We're going to laugh. We're going to be, uh, there's going to be a holy pleasure inside, which is going to show itself 
with a laughter that is on the outside. Second line from the bottom, this is the level of human emotions. When a person's pleasure experiences pleasure in his mind, it's too deep and too high to be fully visible. When you feel it, turn the page. upon the radiant face. When a person is learning the Torah and it reaches his emotions, he laughs. So you can see the pleasure. So shashuim yoyim yoyim is the way Torah is connected also to Ein Seif, higher than Chochmah and it comes down in pleasure. Misachekes, lefonder b'chol eis, means how the Torah, the Ein Seif of Torah, comes down also to the level of but it shows itself in laughter. What's the fourth level? Umam shech b'koso, misachekes b'tevelatze. In addition to Ibn Shalavik, for Torah laughing, in a level of b'chol eis, he laughs, that means on the terror from the earth, and the Rebbe says, "Al pi kabola the koyal thalp shatayda b'sfiras hamalchos." Where the teda comes down to malchus, which is called eretz, which is the sheresh and evroim debia. Malchus of asilos is called eretz. When teda comes to the level of eretz, it laughs a second time. The first laughter is when the teda is at the level of midas, and the second laughter is the level. You have to assume that there's a difference between the first laughter and the second laughter because it's a laughter on a different madrid. That's the fourth level of teda. But now comes the fifth, and this is the hook. Vishashui has b'nei That b'nei means physical people on this physical earth. That when they learn the Torah, and they fulfill the Torah, they reach shashu'ai. Not shashu'im, not pleasure, they wish this pleasure. This is the Torah that's down here. This fifth level. In other words, the fifth level seems in a certain aspect to be higher even than the second level. Because over there it says, Shashu'im. My pleasure. Shu'in Hashu'im asks me the pleasure on the level of Etzem, which the Rebbe calls, When we live down here, we learn Teirah, we do mitzvahs, it's called Shashu'i HaMelech Batzmusei, the pleasure that the king gets in himself and from himself. The Rebbe once asked what this means. That was working on a Sikha. And a Sikha, it was a Shabbos Sikha. So Shabbos is title. So who prepared the Rebbe Sichas? Mortals. Right? The Sichas of the Rebbe were not prepared by the Rebbe, they were prepared by Zolzayin Gezut and Shlach, Rabbi Oltein and Rabbi Shapiro and so on. So the Rebbe used to correspond with them in notes. And they're writing this whole Sichas, Shabbos is tired, But this is after the The Rebbe said this publicly, Shabbos by Fabreng, I remember it. He says, I asked him, what does it mean? You're writing in the Sichas that I said, you please tell me what it means. <laughs> and the Rebbe talked through how ridiculous it was. That's the idea. idea. You know, these are words. The pleasure that the king gets from himself. The pleasure that Hashem gets from himself. What does that mean? So the answer is we don't know. But it certainly means something very meaningful. And the argument of the Maimed is that level only comes down here to a physical mitzvah in this world. Now comes Rabbi Yisai Hatz. The next couple of pages, this is the chsidis. What we're going to do now is learn the avoid of the Maimed, okay? The Rebbe wants to explain Shashuya B'dayodim, when a Yid comes into this world, and learns Torah, <coughs> and particularly when he learns Torah, Limud, Almanas, Lassas, to want to know what the Torah is, then suddenly the lowest level of Torah is connected to the highest level, the Shashuya B'dayodim. He ne yadu it's known. Shamshoch has a look at the cloud. 
when you bring godliness into the world in general, Yeshnei Fanim, there's two ways. Oyer Yosher, a direct light, and Yer Chayzeh, indirect light. Now, for those who don't understand, Oyer Yosher means God gives a light, and we get it. Oyer Chayzeh means God doesn't give a light, we reach out for it. That's a tight Yer A rebounding light. Hashem gives us darkness, not light. And because we struggle with the darkness, we uncover the light. That's to say, you asked me at the beginning of the class, what does it mean to take? Yes, what does it mean to take? Yeah? So the Rebbe says there's a phenomenon in Yitikabola called Oyr Chayza. Oyr Chayza means something that a giver doesn't give until the taker takes it from him. The famous Lashon in Chazal, Talmud Hamach Kimes Rabbi, the greatest Chocham, the greatest Rav, needs his students. Not just because he can't talk into the wind, but because students bring something out of a teacher that a teacher can never bring out of himself. As the Gemara says, I have more for my students than for my friends. And they have more for my students than they have for my teachers. Why? Because teachers schlep. It's called Oyer Chayzer. Abishai gave us the Torah. But when we took the Torah, we, we brought out from the Torah, which Abishai gave us, more than Kvayachal gave us himself. What he gave us himself is called Eriyosha, direct light. What we squeezed out through our hard work is called Oyer Chayzer. And this is what we're dealing with here. This highest level, is only, and that's why it says is only available through Yigiya, through people worship. Let's read it inside. It says, There's direct light and indirect light. You know what direct light is? A guy who sits down to learn and has a good head, and he has a clear head, and he knows Hebrew well, and he understands punctuation, and where to put the commas, and he reads. No problem. No means a chayy. The guy says, "I want to learn," and the whole thing is a haze. He doesn't understand it, and the words don't make sense. He doesn't know where to put the commas in the period, and he has to work. That's a chayy. What's the first one called? This or? Or yosha. That means direct light, and a chayy means rebounding light. She asked, "Not even that terebeif and there yosha." There's one who learns ter direct. In other words, shaloimid or maven. He learns and understands. The lean with that a chayy chayy, and there's something called learning indirectly. Kashaloimid, one learns. Vain, he may even he doesn't understand. Oh, he says he could just be makamachet. He has questions from other places. Umizgaber alalom, mizvakushes. He overcomes the hiddennesses and the questions, and he comes to clarity. So he reveals a light which the teacher didn't give him. He reveals a light which he took from the teacher. Now he took it from the teacher. He didn't take it from no place. But klayachol, the teacher doesn't give until you slap. And the Rebbe continues, and he says, "Vezehu ahefesh betamid yerushalmi betamid bavli." That's the difference in the Jerusalem Talmud and the Babylonian Talmud. And Talmud shows not a lot of questions, so very straight. They were smart, and they were healthy, and they were normal, and their minds were clear. They learned, they asked questions, they answered them, in fact, next line. The Talmud Babylon, yes, they kushes for holds full of questions. Like it says in the Pasuk, which is connected to Akatatisha, because it's an Echo, the Machshakim Hoshivan, he said, Talmud, the Shal Babylon. That the Abish to place us in darkness, was on Talmud Babylon. Because the way Talmud Bavli works is you don't understand and you ask and you ask and you argue and you argue and you debate and debate until you have clarity. Says the Rebbe, she says, I will leave away from the Rechiz. In there. And the Rebbe says, Vihine, you do why it is known. Shalim, that when a person learns and it doesn't go easy and he has to learn by rebound, by question and answer, one gets infinitely higher. Not you understand a little bit more. You understand a little bit better, you understand infinitely more. What is it? Ah, yeah. From the opposite. Right? Just like we find 
We know the Jerusalem Talmud was higher than the Babylonian Talmud. And I always tell this to you, right? Who's the Jerusalem Talmud? Rabbi Yechman. Who's the Babylonian Talmud? Rabbi Shmuel. Now everybody agrees that the Talmud, the, 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 the Talmud Yerushalmi is higher. Yeah, you know that the, the, the Gemara says that Rav Kahana was a Talmud of Rav. Rav Kahana was a Talmud of Rav. And he came to Eretz and he started to argue with Rabbi Yechanan. And Rabbi Yechanan thought he was making fun of Rav Kahana's above. But they were so much sharper because they had so much darkness. Rav Kahana started to ask questions and uh, Rabbi Yechanan felt he was making fun of him. Rabbi Yechanan was Makpid and Rav Kahana passed away. And then Rabbi Yechanan realized who Rav Kahana was. He was Mechaia Mesim, as they said in the Gemara. He brought him back to life. Yeah. There's another story in the Gemara that the Yechen was Makpid and the Shlokish passed away and him he didn't bring back to life and the Yechen was screaming, I need Baal Lakisha, I need someone to ask me questions. But the fact of the matter is that when the Yechen and the Shmuel argue in Babli, the Allah is like the Yechen. When Babli and Yerushalmi argue, Allah is like Baba. But the Talmud Yerushalmi is full of the Yechen. The Yechen is one of the, the three greatest Amirah, the Yechen and the Shmuel. They're the three personalities of the Shas. They're the Rebbes of all the Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Kana and Rabbi Sheshis and Rabbi Chista and Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi and Rabbi and Rabbi and all the rest. So when there's an argument between Bali and Yerushalmi, the Lachas like Yerushalmi. But when Rabbi Yechanan is brought in the Gemara Bali, usually the Lachas like Rabbi Yechanan, which is interesting. The bottom line is that the Gemara says, Sherabzeira Hutzach Lotzum Meyetanyes. Rabzeira fasted a hundred fast. Kedai Lishkoyach. The word Lishkoyach is underlined. In order to forget, now I want to ask you a question. If the difference between Bali and Yerushalmi is measurable, you have to forget. You work a little harder. Why do you have to forget? So the Rebbe says, no, we have to forget. And this proves the difference in Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi is not even measurable. The disparity, the distance, is mamish believable. If the ascent from the Babylonian Talmud to the Jerusalem Talmud would be step by step, forgetting means that there's nothing in common between the two. So the Rebbe says, you see from this that Yerushalmi is infinitely high in Talmud Babylon, infinitely high. So he says, now flip it the other way. Yeah, it's a little confusing. Wait, wait, wait. Flip it the other way. If in terms of Oyer Yosha, direct light, Talmud Yerushalmi is so much higher than Talmud Babli that you have to totally forget one for the other. Now what's the other side of the coin? That because of Talmud Yerushalmi you have darkness. And you have to work so hard to get clarity. And Babli is higher than Yerushalmi. The opposite is also true. Look at the next line. When we say, moving Gambanegea, the last two lines, there's also the opposite. That when you speak of how Milo the Talmud Babli the Talmud Yerushalmi, I just told you how the Jerusalem Talmud is infinite than the Babylonian Talmud. So let's flip it the other way. But when the Talmud Babli reaches its full potential, which is called Oyer Chayz, indirect light, and it digs and it digs and it digs, and it struggles and it struggles and it struggles, and it questions and it questions and it questions, and it extracts and it exposes and it reveals, now you're going to say that the Talmud Babli is not a little bit higher than Talmud Yerushalmi, it's also infinitely higher than Talmud Yerushalmi. Look at the words inside. When you talk about the advantage, of Talmud Bavli, the Gavi Talmud Yerushalmi, the Babylonian Talmud against the Jerusalem Talmud, says the Rebbe Ma'ilas Eir the level of advantage of indirect light, 
Says the Rebbe, you have to say again. This advantage also infinitely superior. Okay? So what did the Rebbe just teach us? There's and there's Right? There's a person who learns Taira, it's very good, head clear. The key is clear. He is clear. A person learns, he doesn't get confused. He just sees it right. It's a gift from God. It really is a gift from God, which I hate to say, I'm not blessed with. <laughs> Everything for me is hard. I'm not stupid, but I'm, it's not easy. Every time I learn, I struggle. Some people just have clear minds. It's lucid. It's, it's just clear for them. That's called Talmud Yudasham. Talmud Bali, everything is a struggle, but because you struggle, you go deeper, right? Now the Rebbe is going to add two levels of depth. This idea that when things are not clear, you have to work hard has two levels. One reason is you work hard, but you enjoy it. And the other level is you work hard, and you actually don't like it. I'm going to say that one more time for effect, okay? In the paragraph we just read, the Rebbe described two types of learners. A learner from what goes easy, straight, lucid, and a learner who struggles. And he argues that a learner who struggles, because of the struggle, he reaches deeper, infinitely deeper, higher than the one who doesn't struggle. But now the Rebbe is going to teach us about two different levels of struggle. One level is a person struggles, but at least he enjoys it. The other level is a person struggles, and he really doesn't like it. Okay, and I'll tell you the code. Tell you it's a lot of fun. Until you have the Paskin Eshaila. You understand, Mrs. Bogomilski? Yeah, I tell you it's a lot of fun. Until you have to pass in the Shaila. Next paragraph, number eight. In learning through struggle, there's two levels. Level number one. You're working very hard. To understand. You're working very hard. Top of page, I'm excited now. And working hard means I don't understand. Okay? Three lines into the page. Your toil is intellectual. And because your toil is intellectual, when you get it, you understand. But then there's the Oifana base. There's another kind of toil. You know what that is? You're learning the tailor to figure out how to do a halacha. Every row that you come and ask a shayla will tell you, number one, ask somebody else. Why? Not because he doesn't know. He doesn't want the chrayis. It's a responsibility. Yiras Hashem is overriding. So he's learning the Torah, the Paskin Halacha, and there's only fear. He's attempting to reach the supernal intent. Why and what Hashem wants him to do. So the Rebbe says, um, yada, he's afraid. Not he's afraid he doesn't understand. He's afraid, maybe he's going to make a mistake. He's filled with fear, trepidation and fear. He's completely suppressed with the intensity. More, because he's afraid of making a mistake. Says this toil ain't There's nothing intellectual about that. The first guy is working hard in his mind. The second guy is working hard in his soul. Because it's not his concern is not whether he understands it correctly. His concern is what's going to happen if somebody does something based on my tzak and I was wrong. So he says Now, arguably, when you're learning Torah, 
and the learning is negel ma'aser loishayech shalimod yim itayich ene. There's no pleasure in it at all. By the way, the Rebbe is going to change his mind. Argument. There's no pleasure at all. Why? The beish like a beif on aleph in the first method. Hari af shalim b'ri b'yigia. You're working very hard. Say you're totally dedicated to the ideas. Skip the parentheses. Until you get the answer, you have no life. Nevertheless, all he wants is information that's intellectual. He wants to know stuff. A person can have pleasure. But a person is a student. Now, not everybody is a student. But if a person is a student and things are hard, he enjoys it. Unless it's the kind of hard that's going to affect people's lives practically, that he's afraid. As opposed to the second level. There's nothing intellectual about it. It's, it's practical. He's completely fakvetched because of the ramifications of his information. There's no pleasure. It's a clear game, and by the way, this is discussed at length, 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 length in the Samach Vod. This is one of the great sugis of the Samach Vod. Different Madregas of El Chazer. The final Madrega of El Chazer, which reaches Tainer Gapash, the built work of cloud, is the, pl- is the level of godliness revealed when you pass in Halacha And the Rebbe says, arguably, there's no pleasure in it. But the Rebbe immediately changes his mind. Avo Be'emes. You see Avo Be'emes? It's next to the circle. Every time I go to the mamish. Ah, the truth of the matter is, I changed my mind. We have three levels now. The first is Er Yosha. We forgot about him already, yeah? The second and the third are both Er Chayzer. The difference is, the first Er Chayzer is, I'm working hard to understand. The second Er Chayzer, I'm working hard to figure out what to do. Because what to do is Nigel Maise, which is very intimidating. It's very overwhelming, yeah? says, Rebbe, I want you to know, even then there's pleasure. Even when a person is taken to Paskin Halach and all he is is afraid, yes, Inyan shall there's a pleasure. And the Rebbe is going to bring an unequivocal proof. He's going to prove it to you and you're going to say, I, I see your point. What happened to the. That's the same person who works hard and doesn't enjoy? Right. Now the Rebbe is going to say, the Emma says he does enjoy. How can they both be true? Give the Rebbe a couple of lines. He gives an example. What's the difference between a minister in a, in a cabinet and a slave who works for his master? They're carrying out instructions of their king. The officer knows. He understands what the king is doing. Because he knows the king's mind and the king's decisions and so forth. He does what he does. The king, the, the officer, the minister, the cabin, and also in love of the country. The Kivan Chiyadeya, since he knows, Shekiyim Pekutas HaMelech, he tells Hamadina, doing what the king says is beneficial for the country, and he understands why, he knows why. Lochein Mekayim as HaPekutah, he does it. For Yeshle Chayis Vatayim he knows how what he does is important. If you work in the cabinet of the president, yeah, so of course, you get no credit. The credit and the blame goes to the chief executive. Nevertheless, if you work for him, you enjoy your work. You get great pleasure in your work because you see what you're doing for your country. Continues the Rebbe and he says, If you're following blindly, if there's no brains involved, you're not a member of his cabinet, you're not privy to the why, you're only privy to the what. 
So a slave, Mekayim, Bekudas Hamelab, does what the king says. The slave has no existence of his own. The Chomitz, you say, right? Halachically, a slave belongs to his master. He's a commodity, he's a property, however you understand it. The Chomitz, you say, his whole reality is, Lekayim, Pekudas, Ha'adim, to do what he's told. The Aimlay Bazaar, he doesn't have like Havana Bamecha, he doesn't understand it. Well, the Regit Bamecha, he doesn't feel it. Well, the Chayre, Aimlay Bataynik Bazaar, call it a shirt, doesn't have any pleasure. He does what he's told. Yeah? So a slave, a slave, a nobody, who does what he's told, has pleasure or doesn't have pleasure? So, I want to ask you a question. You have a slave, yeah? Yeah. Works for his master, and he's given the job of tending the lawn. Is he going to do it as good as he possibly could? Or is he going to do it as good as to avoid getting lashes? Simple question. He's going to do it perfectly. He's not just going to do it to the extent it shouldn't get patched. He's going to do why? It doesn't make any difference to him. And you know what the answer is? He has the pleasure from his master's pleasure. This is called in Hasidis, I don't know about the psychology, but the Ruchni says, When the pleasure of the mass slave becomes the pleasure of the king. And in the Nimshal, when a person's paskining a halacha, he's afraid. But there's still a pleasure, it's not his own. His own emotion is just fear. But it's the pleasure of the Ebishter. That's the Rebbe's Chiddush. That's a Shashu Ai, as Bnei Adam. When a neshama of learns Tate in this world, that pleasure is the Yavish that's pleasure. Let's let everybody let everybody talk. Ach be'emes, the truth of the matter is, I'm about 13 lines from the bottom of the page. Al korchach tzadachleimi, you must say. Sheyesh gam le'evet time yugnelam b'kiyem b'kudas amav. The one that slaves serves his master, there is a pleasure. And he brings a pip, right? A pip of proof. Sharei onureim, we see in fact. Sheheevet, it's about 12 lines from the bottom, beginning of the line. The slave wants to be beautiful in carrying out the commandments of his master. To fulfill it with precision and beauty. Now, why does he care? Which proves that he's somehow getting pleasure from this, even though it's, it's not a meaning to him. Listen to this. Because he's a slave. He should have done He should simply carry out the instructions of the Lord Nothing extra. What the king is telling him to do is just do your job. He doesn't, want to, he doesn't have to do it beautifully. And nevertheless, he does. The fact that the servant, seven lines in the bottom, nevertheless, wishes to make it beautiful and precise. And carrying out the king's instructions. This is proof. There's some kind of pleasure in doing something in which he has no pleasure in. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know the meaning of it. He's given an instruction. So why is he doing it beautifully? So the Rebbe gives a mystical explanation. This is a famous quote in Chazidus. The Rebbe loves this idea. He brings it up in a lot of my modern. Quote. When the servant, when the slave does his work with pleasure, because he's feeling the pleasure of his master. He's so bottled that he's experiencing not just what the king wants him to do, 
but the pleasure that the king is going to get from having it done. The kivon and This slave. Now, of course, I don't know how this worked in the south. You understand during the age of slavery. We're talking about Ayid, who's a slave of the the slave of the Abishtah. This slave has nothing of his own. And Alain is goodness, he's nothing. His whole reality is Rakla, malice, it's saying no other, do what his master wants. His pleasure is Tainuk other the pleasure of his master. Three lines from the bottom, this is how it is in the Nimshal. Even though one learns, and he knows that what he's going to teach is going to be a Negeel, a Halacha, a Maisa, people are going to do what he says. the phrase. At the same time, there's some kind of pleasure. Turn the page. Page Tzadikas. Okay? That even though the learning is not for the sake of doing, nevertheless, is the pleasure from above. Okay, now, in the next paragraph, number nine, the Rebbe gives us fancy schmancy Kabbalah. And I'm going to skip it. I'm just going to tell you one akud. I'm going to say one akud. I'd love to say this. And I haven't said it in many, many years. Um, every Lubavitcher knows that in Mashiach there's two tkufas. Remember that? Right? The Sikhah. That in the Bolach and the Kitches and so on. There's two tkufas in Yemei Samashiach. A natural tkufa and a miraculous tkufa. Right? But in Samach Vav it says that there's two tkufas in El Mahabu. There's two tkufas in Tchiyas Amesim. The first tkufa of Tchiyas Amesim is when we eat. Sherebat on the Yosem. The second truth of Tchiyas HaMesim is Ein Be'elei Achille V'Leishtich. In Psalm Rav it says, not two tkufas in Yemais HaMashiach, but two tkufas in Yom So the Rebbe says the difference between the first tkuf in Yom and the second tkuf of Yom is when a Yid has pleasure from learning Torah, that's the first tkuf, and when a Yid experiences Hashem's pleasure from learning Torah. That's the second tkuf. That's what the Rebbe says in this paragraph which I'm about to skip. That Tainug Apashat Amurgish is like a sad who has Tainug in Elokuz. And Tainug Apashat built in Murgish, built in Murgish cloud, is, is this pleasure from a haloch. Sif Hei, number 10, second half of the page. And this is the Pshat that when a Yid down here has learned Tainug, it becomes Hashem's personal pleasure. And we learn Torah down here. Skip the parenthesis. Shalim with obey from the Elchezer. It's an indirect learning. Obey from Abeza. Now the second way. What's the second way? I'm not even enjoying the Yagiyah because I'm so afraid of the Achrayas. By Magiyim, then you reach to the Bechinez Shashuei. Hashuei Ma'atzmiyim. The pleasure of the Ebishter by himself. Shashuei Ha'melech Ba'atzmusei. And the Rebbe says in the next line, and this is the Eye Etzel Om. This is the highest Madrid. So you see, Hashem gave us the Torah. He couldn't give us our hard work he couldn't give us our avdus. This we have to give him. So whatever the title could be given, he gave us. And there's four levels. Then we come into this world and we learn the title. And we reveal Shashu Ai. This is when we reveal the Eyet Slayom. The title is one with the Eibishter above Yoim Yoim. Look at the next, number 11. I am sorry. Five lines in. 
ובזה יובן מה שקוסלו ואהיה אצלי אומן אהיה לשון עשית. He answered all the questions. Every question gets an answer in this mind. Why did it say I will be a pleasure if it wasn't the beginning of time? And then of course the Ebishter created the world from the Adrega of Omer. But it's not going to be revealed until Mashiach comes and Chiesa Mesim happens because this Pleyachal Hashem doesn't give us this we take. Ha! The key bunch in Yenzeyiz Galilee Yosidafke this idea is going to be revealed when Mashiach comes. But this means Sha'ach Shavnas is we now create. Hamshach Hasat Tadek Fish Hubatz Musayiz Barak we bring down the Tadek it's hidden in Atmos. To reveal down here, and the Rebbe says, Why does the Medrash speak about the second level of Taylor and not the highest level of Taylor? It speaks only about the Madrega of the Payam Shona called Matayla Elam and not higher. The Madrega of Shashui Yem Yem and not Vayatri Oman. You know why? Because Hashem never gave us that. You bring the Madrega of 2,000 years, which is only the level of Shashuim Yengen. Why doesn't the men say that the Ebesha gave us a Tehra, which is much higher than 2,000, which is connected to the highest Madrega of Tehra? And the Tehra is, the level of Eye Etzle Yomah. So now listen to these words. It's really not Tehra, it's God. It's really not Tehra, it's really Hashem. So Hashem gave us the Torah, He gave us the Torah. But not how Hashem is the Torah. This we took. So you start off with the second because that's the Tehra what Hashem gave us. But how the Tate is one with the Abishtad, and it's there for the Abishtad, that's not a part of Tata, and it's not a part of the gift which he gifted us, it's what we take. And the Rebbe explains it up here. Look at the next plus finish. The Friedrich Rebbe said, name of the Alt Rebbe, the following. When Hashem gave us the Tata, we got three things. Gali the Tata, the revealed Tata. Rosendir, I said, the secrets of the Tata. And the power for avoid. And he explains what Inyam Bazed the Pshat is. Galia the Tayra is Bazgal Sachsha. Nigla Tayra we have now. Rosen the Tayra, secrets of Tayra, is Taimei Tayra, she is Galila, the pleasures of Tayra, which are going to be in the future, which is Taimei Gamurga, Shrebetsin. This is Tayra Chadosh. Mrs. Krimsky. This is Tayra Chadosh. Tayra Chadasha is Rosendir Aisa, which is Tayra Gabashda Murgish, which is the first level of Erechez. And then the Rebbe says, The Koyach that we should do something through our Bittel and the Kabbalah celebrates in this Nefesh. It's even higher than a hidden reason. It's higher than any kind of pleasure in Tayra. That's the Ebishter himself. And that's going to be where the Mashiach comes. So the answer to your question is, Tehra Chadosh Amiti Teitzei is the first kind of Erechez. The second kind of Erechez is not Tehra Chadosh Amiti Teitzei, it's the Eye Yetzlayomun. So why did it say the Eye Yeloshin Osir? Because we're only going to get the Mashiach comes. Learn to buy men from the beginning to the end. Thank you for coming and for staying and for listening and for understanding.
Yeah, of course. It says the Rebbe Armam, however, Gam This idea also was given by Matan The Kivan Since the Tater is never going to be given again. Haremuvan, it's understood. We got Hashem Himself also when He gave us the Tater. The revelation of this highest Madrege. Till the Asad Love is going to be with Mashiach. Zis, zis, zis. Nid zis, I say zis. Thank you for coming. Good job. Okay, I greet you, Yashakir. Thank you.